This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Another edition of uh, Ever Bristol City podcast, and uh, joining me today are my two regulars, uh, Ian and Mark. Uh, the final score at the uh, King Power Stadium, not unexpectedly, we didn't win. It finished Leicester one, uh, City nil. Uh, a gallant display is what I put out on uh, Twitter or X, as it's now known, last night. A gallant display, um, as we normally do. I'll come to you first. Uh, Ian, um, 30 seconds, just encapsulate what you thought on the game. Well, we went we went there to try and get a point and uh, possibly snatch a win by hitting them on the break, but it never really came off. We had, I would say, almost zero quality in the final third, and we had to defend desperately at times. Uh, that being said, the only way they could get past us was a needlessly conceded penalty, and... Uh, Nigel Pearson's return to the uh, King Power was uh, greeted with a very narrow defeat. But as you said, no real surprise. No. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, no real surprise. Uh, Enzo Maraska, uh, former Man City uh, coach, obviously influenced, and it was like a carousel of passing uh, where City were really, really outclassed technically, but had great defensive shape, defended brilliantly at times. But going forward, we just had an inferiority complex and wasted some great passing opportunities deep in their half uh, and gave away a, a stupid penalty when we could have edged towards uh, a point against Leicester, who did labour. At times, although yeah. they passed the ball well, they were they were labouring. Vardy already had a touch, but yeah, it was uh, it, the score flattered us a little bit. But uh, there you go. Yeah, it's interesting you use that term <clears throat> inferiority complex, uh, Mark. Because certainly in the the first half, you know, when at one stage I think thirty minutes on the clock, the possession was seventy nine twenty one, even though it ended mid sixties, mid thirties. But I thought we looked like it was our day out. You know, we were a lower league side playing on a first division or 
first division playing on a, a first division side playing on a Premier League ground. Um, Ian, the lineup, um, well, it came out of the blue. No Zach Viner, but as Nigel Pearson said himself, you know, you got an adequate replacement with uh, uh, Rob Dickey coming in. I did think pre-game Dickey and Naismith in the middle, not the quickest on the turn, but, uh, you know, the side picked itself, but losing Zach, uh, who did a great interview, by the way, if people haven't seen it on the Robbins TV, great interview. Losing Zach was a big blow, Mark, wasn't it? Uh, Ian, sorry, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was a huge blow. And if it had been just a knock and he'd have been out for a week or so, then you can live with it. But when you hear the, the letter, the three dreaded letters, ACL, come into the equation, then it's uh, you start to worry because we've got a small squad. And that's quite deliberately engineered uh, by the... Uh, owner and by the manager and the budget for the squad isn't going to increase but I mean if you look at yesterday, yesterday's game the possession finished up 69-31 we had one shot on target and that was right at the end from that free kick from TGH um, they won more duels they crossed four, almost four times as many times as we did and they played 425 passes forward versus our 153 yeah. So they also had 40 touches in the opposition box against our 17. So we we can't um, we can't complain uh, about the about the result. I thought our performance was. I think you you hit the nail on the head. It was it was brave, um, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't going to be effective, and um, it's very difficult with a, uh, the size of the squad we got, the number of injuries we got to compete with with those sides. And I think that creates a little bit of a lack of belief uh, when we get into the final third. And we don't think we we can get past the final player. We don't think we can shoot. And, and I think that that shows to me a lack of belief in the players that, yeah, we are good enough to play here. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Mark, do, do you think there was any temptation to change the team at all from them, that that which emphatically beat uh, Plymouth in midweek, who themselves uh, stuffed uh, Norwich yesterday, which just shows the topsy-turvy nature of uh, the division. But, uh, you know, would you alter the front line in any shape or form or not? No, no, not really. I don't think there's a lot you could do Um there is no inclination to to change to change it. Uh, it was only that one in, in force change. But I'll just back up what Ian said. I mean, let's go further. City looks scared in four positions at times. I think uh, Ephraim Yeboa had a chance to hit the ball first time. So did Sam Bell. Just tend to see the cut back instead of taking players on. And yeah, it was almost like you're right. It was you know it's, it was a cut match where. You know, it was a, a non-league team or a, or a league 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 two team playing at playing at playing at a Premier League ground. It was, I just don't don't understand that. I mean, what we did do very well, we defended excellently. Uh, we you know we kept it very tight. Um, and although they got a lot of crosses in, we defended every cross pretty adequately. And Max O'Leary had a very good game. Yeah, he didn't have a huge amount. He didn't. He didn't have many shots to save. To be quite honest, he made a couple of good saves, but I couldn't. I couldn't re remember any world class saves. And like I said earlier, I mean, think Vard is only only ten in touch. Was the what was the one he put in the back of the net? Yeah, 
Ian, we were uh, under the cosh fairly early on, as expected, and Fatawu, he was given, uh, he got in a, he volleyed wide early on after the ball had only uh, been half cleared. They forced a flurry of early corners. I don't think they quite got into double figures, but uh, and Cam was given a bit of a torrid time early on, in fact, through the whole game on that side of the field, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was, but he was up against a, a top-class player. Um, and if you look at the disparity in the two wage bills between the clubs, that's why they can <clears throat> bring in players like that. But they also, they've utilised um, the loan system, which, uh, well, I know uh, TGH is on loan officially, but it's, it's pretty much a done deal. Um, so I, I don't think... I, th I think Cam did. I think both fullbacks did okay against very tricky customers, um, and I think they were probably under a little bit more pressure uh, than the centre backs, who, who who played well as well up up until uh, Naismith made the mistake for the penalty. But no, I, I, look, I, I think when you're up against those kind of players, uh, they are re they really are a test. And in this championship, you're going to be coming a, a up against some good wide players. I mean, one of the wide players, interestingly, one of the wide players that Plymouth left out against us on Tuesday night scored a hat trick against Norwich yesterday. Was that Whitaker, wasn't it? Yes, is that right? Yeah. So you you are up against good players week in, week out, and sometimes the wide players are going to get past you in the same way that Sykes gets past players. I think he was the the best of our front three yesterday. But having said that, that's quite a low bar. Quite a low bar, yeah. I mean, I, I thought to myself, uh, around about the half-hour mark, you know, we, we started to... We weathered the storm. We started to get into some good positions. Sykes lost possession on one occasion. But then, you know, Williams, who I thought was sloppy with his passing, a couple of sloppy... Yeah, it was. That's the word I'm going to use. Sloppy, ran, you know, the ball bouncing off him, going out of play. He tried a cross-field pass, trying to find Sykes, which got intercepted put us on the back foot straight away. Um, we did come close just before the interval when Williams uh, did put in a half-decent cross and that was cleared with some difficulty by them. But, uh, Mark, we, we didn't help us. We didn't capitalise on those positions. And whilst Nigel has said the front three, well, he was very pleased with the overall team performance, yeah? There was zero output, certainly in that opening 45, coming from uh, from, from Naki or Sam, for that matter, wasn't it? Yeah, there was only really that flurry right at the end of the first half when Vestergaard, the ball think ran up his ran up his, uh, his his left arm and over his over his stomach and down. I don't I think we're really clutching at straws if we think that's going to be a penalty. Um, you know, because I, he, he, there's nothing he could do about it. But when that ball was worked across. Sam Bell, first of all, should have had a go, and uh, there were a couple of shots blocked, but there was no, you know, no real pressure there, and it was completely wasted. But that's all we had, really, at the, at the end of that half, because when we got in those positions, especially with Williams, you know, we we, we were in, we we lost the ball in transition, and suddenly we're defending 50, uh, 60 yards behind again. It was just so frustrating that when yeah. we did build up any pressure, we completely blew it. And it was the same in both halves. But yeah, all we had in the first half was that flurry at the end. You know, City fans screaming on the forums for a penalty that they were never going to get VAR, no VAR. Yeah. Ian, penalty in your book? Are you talking about the Vestigar one? The Vestigar one. 
I think it'd been extremely harsh. And as I said to you earlier, Dave, before we went live, I think I, the way I look at penalties is how would we feel if that was given against us? And I think I'd feel pretty rotten if the referee had given the penalty against us for that. And there was there was an incident late on, I think it was Naismith, where the ball might have caught his arm in the same way. And that didn't get given either. So the referee at least showing consistency there. Yeah. Let's talk about the referee, James James Bell. Uh, not a name I'm familiar with, but that's probably my ignorance more than anything else. People say that when they play, lower teams play so-called big clubs, that their referee operates in favour of the big club. Do you think you refereed the game decently yesterday, uh, Ian? I do. Yeah, I mean, we've had far, far... We, we've seen some absolute clown performances from referees, and that was a good one. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't remember a, a major mistake he, he or the officials uh, or the officials made, and I don't. You certainly can't blame the referee in any way, shape, or form for our defeat. Yeah, Mark. Um, into the second half, it seemed to inspire. Uh, Le- yeah, Leicester came out buzzing didn't they and I've got here Knight got himself where well, he got booked conceded a free kick outside the box then Matt uh, Max O'Leary saved from uh, uh, a Dewsbury Hall cross Mavadidi another one of their I think it's a lone player cross again and then Max uh, saved again I mean bar his kicking on a couple of occasions uh, Max is uh, looking pretty safe between the sticks isn't he yeah, his positioning, his positioning for, for for shots is really good. You know, near post for Member Didi. Uh, I think the uh, the Dewsbury Hall header was probably straight at him, but it was it was a comfortable save. Like I said, no no world class saves, but he's very good uh, as, as a shot stopper. It's just some of his kicking sometimes is a little bit loose, and it puts us on the back foot. Uh, I think that caused Viner's injury uh, on Tuesday that we'll come to, and uh, and also I think he shanked one yesterday when when under a little bit of pressure. Really, Even if he if he can't. If he's under pressure, he should just clear it long. Sometimes when we're passing the ball across the back, it could be the shutters. I'm thinking just one loose pass and, and you can see that a goal and even Man, you know, Manchester City do that. It's just it's just crazy. Just get the ball forward if you're you know, if if you're in doubt. Yeah. Um Ian, substitutions, sixty minutes on the board, triple substitution, uh Williams, Bell and Sykes going off. Uh, no complaints about uh, uh, Williams going off. As I said, I thought he was poor. But the timing and the other substitutions, what's your assessment of that, Ian? Well, strangely enough, about a minute earlier in Go My Timeline in Czech, I tweeted the three players that um, we should bring on. And don't tell me you got it right. I got it right. Well, I wouldn't tell <laughs> you if I got it wrong. Um, but... The, it was, a, but I wouldn't have taken Mark Sykes off because I thought he was the most effective of our front three. I can't understand why he left Naki on as long as he did because I know he gets terrible service and we still played the ball forward far too much in the air yesterday. But not having scored a goal in about 27 in open play in 27, 28 games, surely we can't persist. With Naki up up front is a is a is a number nine. Um, I, I don't know whether there's a free agent out there we can get our hands on. 
Uh, although if the wage bud budget's maxed out, then we can. Um, I, I don't think Cornick's much of an alternative. So I, I'm, I'm then struggling to think, well, who do you replace him with? Perhaps Andy yeah. Weinman in a slightly deeper role? I'm not sure, but surely we can't go on um, with having a non-scoring centre-forward. It seems a bit of an odd thing. In terms of the substitutions, I think they bring... I, I'd like to see Yeboah get a go down the middle. And if he's if look if he's not playing very well, whatever he can be hooked. Uh, Nigel Pearson's hooked Alex Scott after 21 minutes of a game when he yeah. wasn't playing well. So give your bow a start. He's quick. He's strong. He's powerful. Let, let him have a run it, it it players up front. I, I still think think if we want to score more goals on a regular basis, we need to play. Uh, with a two, like, we need to play in a two, don't we? Yeah, play a two. All our strikers would be better in a, in a two, and that includes Wells, uh, Yaboa, Byman, Cornet, Bell, even. They're all better, uh, obviously, Tommy when he comes back. But, um, but I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Yaboa uh, get a start against Stoke. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was. Per many one from Williams had to go off because he he got picked up his statutory daft booking. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it was Sam wasn't having a great game. I wouldn't have minded seeing either Roberts or Anis Mametti. Well, the other two, Cornet came on with twenty minutes to give, us, to give us a little bit more balance and a little yeah. bit more width out there. But yeah, I, I don't think it would have made a great deal of difference to Ibron. I will, although I was impressed by Taylor Gardner Hickman, and he's another player I think. Uh, should start next week, but not right back in midfield. No, he could. Well, we were just saying before we started uh, recording, Taylor Hickman in midfield in place of uh, Joe Williams because he's certainly got he certainly got the mobility, and you know, uh, maybe being a bit harsh on Joe. What do you think about that, Mark? Taylor Hickman, a starter in the middle. Um, well, if it gives us some mobility, I mean. Uh, Joe was was just poor yesterday. Was poor yesterday with 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 some of his passing. I mean, people said he was he was good at defending, but that was a, I think more of a team effort. Really, it was a necessity that we were going to, we were going to have to defend. But I think uh, you know it was just leaving Jason Knight completely isolate isolated. He really didn't get into the game, and that was because James and and uh, Williams were completely ineffective. But we, there's no way we can push Cal Naismith into midfield now to give some extra mobility because he's no. uh, he's he's needed at the back. We've only got <clears> one <throat> specialist centre back that's fit now. Uh, well, Naismith's going to have to play somebody there. Said Hayden, somebody said Hayden Roberts is because uh, somebody there was a, there was a, um, a a thread on Twitter and Dave responded to it. Dave Febs. Somebody said, you know, like, are there any free agents out there? And I think it was, uh, was it Ayala? There's a couple of names that are on that list. And as Dave pointed out to whoever put that on OTIM, Hayden Roberts is a centre half. Yeah. And you can always well, you can move play campering now. Can I mean, campering move, you can always move cam. I mean, there's an argument. Yeah. Ian, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I, I was just thinking, you know, they were dominating the midfield. And yesterday, you could have played a, a proper 4 5 1. And now tell me I'm sensible or tell me if I'm right out of order. Sam Bell playing as the one with his pace, allowing somebody like Taylor Gardner-Hickman to come in as the extra man in midfield. I'm just talking about yesterday now. 
we would have swamped the midfield, whereas yesterday we had three up front that were isolated most of the time, weren't they? Is that such a daft idea to pace Sam down the middle? Because he can just run well, if you, left or right, we, can't he? We, we played Sam down the middle once and, and he was dreadful um, because we pumped high balls to him. Now, it doesn't matter if you play uh, Lionel Messi down the middle, uh, if you're going to pump the ball over his head and they had two centre-backs who were a thick end of seven feet tall, now, if you're going to pump high balls to Sam Bell, Naki, whoever, then you're wasting, it's a waste of time. In terms of the midfield, you, you mentioned Jason Knight. I thought some of his passing selection and his shooting, certainly he had a good chance on the edge of the box he did. at the end of the game, smashed it miles over the bar, leaning back, awful. And some of his pass selection, and he was a lucky boy to stay on the field. Because he he put he, he got booked after two tackles that you could have booked. Well, he could have got booked for the first one, Ian, couldn't he? And then if he'd have done the yeah. second, he'd have been and, off. And then he caught somebody later on. And I'm thinking you could to get him out of there. Uh, because it's all right having a player that's it's box to box and makes the runs and keeps running, and that's all lovely. But sometimes they get he gets frenetic and he loses it a bit. And that's when his pass selection, his shot selection, and his tackling goes right out the right out the window. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just needs, um, you know, he, he's got tons of energy. He just needs a few kilograms of uh, lacking. Uh, what's what's the right word I'm looking for? Calmness. Yeah. He needs to calm down. Just a measured fact. measured approach. He needs to take a step back. Yeah, yeah, just think, well, hang on a minute. If I go in for that tackle, I'm going to, yeah. you know, I, I could go. Uh, and I think he, yesterday, the point of the game, he, he lost it a little bit. You know, Chris, when Chris is on here, he goes on about Andy Weinman in the out-of-control speedboat uh, mode. And that m night is, he could go into that mode as well. Because, <clears throat> and another player you'll, you'll get is... Um, uh, is, is say and Andy Weiman can get like that, but you can sense Naki getting more and more frustrated by his lack of goals, well, lack, lack of goals, lack of service, lack of everything, lack of service yeah. every yeah. week. You can you can just see it in everything that he does. He got he picked up a daft booking against Plymouth for kicking the ball away. Yeah, you know. So well, that was that was that. Uh, yeah, he kicked it away. I think I, if I recall that correctly, it was just. Oh, it, it, kicking it away, yes, maybe in frustration, but it wasn't massively frustrated. I just thought that was a really pernickety booking because you can't. I remember at the time thinking, you just don't do that now. Maybe it was frustration. I don't know. Okay, uh, Mark, um, let's talk about what proved to be the decisive goal. Um, last weekend against uh, West Brom, Cal Naismith timed it to perfection. He spoke at length about you know not going to ground too early. Uh, and Didi, I, I thought the ball, I thought he maybe the ball was too far in front of him, but 100% penalty every day of the week, that is, Mark, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and Didi was he was class all match. You know, the amount of space he made he made for for uh, for, for for midfield runners was excellent. Uh, and you know, like it like it should be really with the, the you know the money that they pay for him. He gets the ball in in the penalty area. He's got space in front of him. He he feints the shoot on his left, then he switches it back. 
now I've had a look from it behind the goal. I think Naismith tries to challenge him, but he's just completely conned him and dangles out a leg and he's going to go over that. But it's a definite penalty. Mm. Naismith's been conned and it's a shame that Cowell had to give that penalty away because he was outstanding. He was our best, uh, he was our best defender yesterday. He keeps his head up. <laughs> he didn't rush any other challenges and he had to go and do that, uh, which was so clumsy. Uh, but it, it was it was indeed he completely did him, went one way, then came in the other. I think Cal should have just stood up and tried to guide him away from the goal, make force him into having a shot and, and see what happens. Yeah. You know, you're going to give the referee a decision, even if it's a borderline, it wasn't. It yeah. was nailed on. And the penalty by Vardy. I mean, he's been apparently been barracked all game uh, because I think some of our fans were saying nasty things about. Uh, well, about just Rebecca. Charlie, your missus is a grass or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and he, uh, I mean, the penalty. I, I thought when I saw it, the ball was rising over the bar, but it just, it was just on the rise into the top of the net. It was, yeah. it was a fantastic penalty, and that was the only. I think that was the only good touch he had in the whole game. He, he did nothing really because he well, just didn't. He didn't get I mean, he kept, Nigel brought him into the club eleven years ago, so he's from Fleetwood. Yeah. Not the player yeah. he was. Ian, Ian, you said to me uh, yesterday, you saying, you know, Cal was pretty much man of the match until he did that. And you said his body position was all wrong for it, wasn't it? And could he, do you think the guy had lost control of the ball and he, he made the referee's decision easy? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> indeed, he may have hit the ball a little bit further in front of him. And what I noticed is when he went down, there was a covering defender next to him. I think it was either TGH or possibly Cam Pring running back towards the goal. And if, if you look at the incident, the minute indeed he goes down and that defender is running, is, is alongside him. So that was a covering defender there. There was no need for Cal to make that challenge. He was, his body position was all wrong. He was set up to, to block uh, a shot from the guy's left foot. The guy came back on his right foot and then Cal was off balance. So he fell over and stuck his left leg out. He had absolutely zero chance. Well, I'll say 5% chance possibly of, of getting a touch on that ball, which would have saved him. But it didn't. And, you know, he, he his, the leg's out. The lad's caught. He's gone over. It is a, how would we feel if... That happened to one of our strikers and a penalty wasn't given. I think we feel great. Well, if that happened to one of our strikers and a penalty wasn't given, that's pretty much par for the course, isn't it? <laughs> well, we we'd feel pretty sick. Um, we'd be, we'd be sicker than we felt on numerous. Well, it occasions. would have been nice. It would be it would have been nice to have been in that position, David. But there was zero chance of that, wouldn't they, yesterday? Well, with only I mean, you think seventeen touches in the opposition box in in ninety minutes? That tells you all you need to know, really, and. We we had opportunities to to do things at yeah. the end. People, you know, people criticise Max. I wouldn't have swap. I wouldn't swap Max for the keeper they had yesterday. And, and that's no a, Herman Hermanson. He uh, yeah, he I think he had his tef, well, he had his, well, he had his Teflon gloves on, didn't he? Right at the end. Um, yeah. I think um, Pring does. Pring comes say, in. Pring, in yeah, Pring came inside, in. switched it to his right, far post, and. He went to grab the ball and just dropped it in front of Vyman. And Vyman's got a very tough angle on his left foot, hits it first time. And James Justin is at the near post and blocks it with his heels. He hit it with his right foot, Mark. And he hit the ball. Oh, it was well, Vyman, right Vyman, hit one, Vyman hit one over 
as well just before that when he it, the ball dropped to him in an awkward position. I think it might have been Williams. Was Williams? No, it was no, Knight. Williams Knight played the ball across to him really fast. I think Knight. He, he didn't like. Back he to was him. berating. I mean, look. I have to say, you know, yeah. taking apart season twenty-one. 22, that's right, when Vyman got those 22 goals. But, you know, um, he took over the captain's armband when he came on, for goodness sake, you know. And he was doing his usual pointing that Chris Honor is usually on about when he's on here. Um, okay, if anything, if Andy's fit now and you want to give Naki Wells a rest, start Vyman up front in the middle against Stoke next week. He's your most experienced forward. Yeah, let's see what you can do, Andy, because personally, you know, that season apart, you get what you get with Andy Vyman, which is, you know, the uncontrolled speedboat, can't fault him for effort, but he's he'd get a job outside of football if players needed to work at the end of their careers as a traffic warden on point well, the duty. Difference, we, the don't difference that, between, we don't have traffic wardens on point duty anymore. No, the difference between Vyman two years ago and Vyman now is he's, he's had some injuries. He hadn't been played down the middle. And when he got those goals, he was playing alongside Semenya, who could break lines and play with his back to goal. And also Martin, who had a, who had a lot to contribute, although yeah. he, yeah. Wasn't a, he wasn't a target man. That is a free. They just worked. They just worked ex- excellently. Uh, yeah. we, we haven't got that because every time we get a partnership, uh, I mean, last season I think Wells and Conway were starting to form a great partnership as a two, and then Conway uh, tears his, his hamstring in January, and that's out at the window. And the same thing happens again and again and again with City. If something starts to settle, an injury blows yeah. it. But I mean, the game finished uh, as we know one nil. Uh, we're still sat there in a decent. We're not going to talk about the, the the great free kick then on ninety four minutes. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I got. I must have missed that one then. I did. I got off and made a cup of tea. I was like, oh, sod this. We lost this now. In fact, no. I can't remember what I did. Tell me about the free kick. And Mark, you mentioned it and then you had to. Well, you, your, bow, your bow is fouled just outside the 18-yard box on the left-hand corner. And uh, Mehmeti and Taylor Garner-Hickman are over the ball. And Garner-Hickman hits it well. It's got some power. Beats the wall. But it's straight down the keeper's throat, right in the middle of the goal, and that's it. Game over. You wonder if Mimetti, I think Mimetti's left footed, but he's not. He's right footed. He just plays on the left. Might have been better because he probably would have put it in the air. But again, clutching its straws. Last minute. I mean, it, 99 times out of 100, that's never going to go in, is it, with City? Uh, well, so I don't know. We've had our fair that share was our... of injury time winners. What did, I, I totally but not from that not from that way. far out, though, David. Yeah, what did you think? What did you think about that at the end, uh, Ian? I don't think it was a free kick. I think Yoboa did did well to get that. I don't think the referee would have given a penalty for it if it was in the penalty area. Let's put it that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was our only shot on target in ninety minutes. Well, ninety four, as Mark said. So um, I think we played two at the end of the first half as well. So that'd make it ninety six, wouldn't it? But mm. no, I mean, it, I I can't think of any time. Well, I can think of times when, when we should have had efforts on target and tested a keeper. Um, but as I said, the, the pass selection from Knight, I mean, the ball he put to Weinman was a classic example. You know, That's right, yeah. At, yeah. So he had to smash it. Well, he might have been able to take a touch, actually. So, so he had to hit it on the volley. But that, that summed up our, our game in the final third of it yesterday. Well, that, that sums up Andy Vi- That does sum up Andy Vyman because... Well, no, it doesn't, Dave. Because, because, let me, let me fit, sorry, no, 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 no. Hang on. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You're having a go at the kid. He's 
one of the most likely people at our club to score a goal in a game. Right? I, I agree. He got 20 odd and got a dozen assists. He was, he, as Mark quite correctly said, he was playing in a more of a 10 role, but behind two really good strikers mm. at the time. And one who's moved on for 10 and a half million quid. So and one's playing for the gas. And, and one's going to go to the gas. But you, you do all right for them, Chris Martin. Um, I, I'm not... You, it's already saying, well, you know, why would you have Weinman in a team? But you need players in a team that can score goals. And he is a goal scorer. At, all right, if, if he, the other seasons he's had, he's always got 10 or 12, something like that. Who else is going to... I mean, the only other guy I look at and think, yeah, I could see him getting... 10 or 12 goals is Tommy Conway and he's out injured. Mm. So he's, he's just, good. He's, he, he, he times his runs well and he gets in good, he gets in good positions yeah. like that one at the end. That was a, that was a quarter chance really on the far post, but he was there. The ball was smashed into him by Jason Knight. He's advancing onto the ball. He just needs to pass weighting a lot better and he's coming in. He, he might've got the ball yeah, on, no, shot on target, yeah, but no, that's yeah, it. Yeah, there was no control from Knight and I, why not give him a try there? Uh, we're we're struggling. We're really struggling for goals. Apart from Plymouth, that really flattered us. Our, our we'd scored five goals, hadn't we, in in uh, in in six games up to the Plymouth game. So that bumped up our uh, our goals our goals for. Yeah, but yeah, play yeah. Vyman is natural natural in a natural position uh, down down the middle. Uh, Wells is struggling. Why not? He's fit. Oh, I'd agree. So give it, give We're it all three of us in agreement in that. Then that Andy Vyman starts up front in place of Naki Wells next week. Yeah, no questions. Yeah. I'd say, look, I mean, we've done the game. Let's talk about the team for next week. Or oh, before I do that, Ian, just back on you quickly. Uh, same for you, Mark. Um, Tanner and Dickey. You know, I've seen a few people praising uh, George having a solid game. He didn't get exposed. Ian, your comments on those two. Yeah, they're they're both good defenders. Um, George lacks. Uh, well, I've said before with our fullbacks, it's it's a feature this year that neither of them have got forward very much, and and the reason for that is that we we don't nor when we dominate possession, or even when we do dominate possession, they don't get the service. It's the same argument with the forwards. You know, they need players who can play them the ball at the right time. Uh, they so they're on ball in front of goal on the and there it's that lack of tempo in our play that does it. I mean, Cam was going to go on a brilliant run yesterday, and their lad fouled him and got booked. Um, I I I think the both the fullbacks. I mean, I don't think George Tanner is going to let you down very often as a defender, and I think Rob Dickey the same. And Rob Dickey can play the ball out that. The issue when you talk about, oh, well, Cam, Cam Brink can cover it centre-back and Roberts can play centre-back. Mm, yeah, they can. Left centre-back. So what happens if Dickie gets injured? Well, if Dickie gets injured, we got a problem. Well, you... you we you, have. we got you, a problem you, anyway. Well, <laughs> got, if Dickie gets injured, you go back to you know, the, uh, the, the uh, antic, as you would call it, Ian, of playing Andy King in the back four. That went well. Well, no, I wouldn't do that. I'd play... Uh, Knight Labelle, he's a right. Well, but Knight Labelle and Arroyo, they seem to have sort of. Uh... Arroyo is left sided. Is and... he? All right. Knight Labelle, right? 
Knight LaBelle's right-sided. Okay, yeah. he wasn't even on the bench yesterday, which is... Uh... Well, no, but he's got this other lad, Nelson, who's also right-sided. What, right-sided defender? Yeah. Fair and enough. Very quick. But more, I would think, the way they're talking about him, more of a full-back than a right-centre-back. But, you know, we keep talking about the academy and the players that are coming through. Well, if you lose Dickey for whatever reason, then Knight LaBelle is your only... Right-sided, I think replacement. Unless somebody, he's the else only one. yeah, no, you're right. He's the, one. he's the only one we got left. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Or you could you could bring in um, you could bring George Tanner in one and play, or, or um, play TGH at right back. So if you're saying have we got options, yeah, but you're back. They're not ideal, but we, they're not ideal. But we got options. That's the key. Well, thing, you, you're it? talking about players who can play there. As a players, as opposed to players who do play there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. So, Mark, looking forward to Stoke City next week. They're playing uh, their match uh, this uh, week. What is it? This afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, they're playing. Uh, they're Hull. Their home to Hull. Yeah, managed by Alex Neil, splashing the cash rather a lot, haven't they been, Mark? Where's that money? Have they been selling players, or are they? What's 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 happened there? I don't actually know. I haven't really been following their fortunes, yeah. but I know. I mean, they started off with a, a big win against Rotherham, but uh, I've started along since then, and they're on seven points at the moment, aren't they? After uh, after uh, seven games, so sort of, you know, around they, they're around the bottom of the table. What would shoot up the league if they beat Hull today? Yeah, and with Alex Neil, we know the sort of tactics. It's going to be like Preston in red and white stripes. Would you uh, suggest? Yeah, I mean they've got uh, they've got Johnson, haven't they? It was formerly it uh, it was formerly at Preston playing for them. Uh, is that the one with a ponytail? Yeah, yeah. They got yeah, Travers. They got Travers, the former uh, the former Bournemouth, the former Bournemouth uh, goalkeeper. But there's but there's been a big changeover, isn't there? In uh, in in personnel, I think in the last couple of years at Stoke, with the money problems that, that that they've had, you know, shipping out players like like Nick like Nick Powell. Players on big wages like we were, really. So, you know, they brought in Annex Neil, who's a competent manager at, at less level. Likes to play the game a certain way that won't please please a lot of a uh, lot of Championship fans. So it's gonna it's gonna be tough next week. I suggest that they probably be they probably play some spoiling tactics similar to Birmingham and Preston. We're gonna have to break them down. It will be a difficult game. Mm. Ian, changes for next week. We've mooted the idea of, uh, well, we've mooted, mooted two, really, haven't we? Which is uh, Taylor Gardner-Hickman in for Williams, maybe playing uh, uh, Andy Vyman up front, down the middle. And then if he doesn't work out, you know, you've got Cornick that can come on in that position. But uh, would you make any uh, any changes yourself? And what about starting uh, your boa? Yeah, and where, and where do you start him? Yeah, because Sykes of the front three... Seems to be the most consistent at the your, moment. Well, I'd start your bow up front. It's centre forward. Right. That give him give him a go there. And like I say, you, you, you can't score any less than none. So give him a go there. Uh I'd leave put Naki on the bench with Ari Cornick. Start your bow up there. Uh possibly bring Knight LaBelle uh onto the bench and unless Nelson can play centre back just in case anything happens to Rob Dickey, um, and uh, 
I'd, I'd, I'd leave it, leave the rest of it pretty much the same. It's, it's not a question of ripping up and start again, unless you want to say, well, we'll what we'll do, we'll leave Joe Williams out and we'll play an extra extra forward. Or you could leave uh, uh, Knight out and play an extra forward. I don't and think you've got to leave out your player and it costs you the most money, though, Ian. This is the thing. Well, it's it? not a question of, of money. It's a question of, of what works best. Um, it... it it, if you've got, if you you're up against a team like you said, if you want to play four five one, if you want to go away from home and play four five one, I could see a scenario where you could play uh, Taylor Gardner Hickman in front of George Tanner and uh, Roberts in front of uh, Campring. Yeah. If if you want to if you want to go solid defensive, pack the midfield, they shall not pass, and you play a flat five in midfield, and you say tonight, okay. If you can break forward and keep up with the striker, the problem is we don't have a one at the club. Tommy's the nearest thing we've got to what you'd call a traditional nine. Um, but once again, Tommy's not at his best. Back to goal with a with a big thumping great centre app up against him, unless we get the ball into his feet. So we have got options, uh, but it's a question of what's going to work best. And if we'd mm. sitting in. It may be time to say, well, we don't need two holding midfield players at home. Let's put an extra striker in and then let's get score a couple of goals. And then if we want to go more defensive, great, go more defensive and they shall not pass. Mm. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think, Mark? Um, I've definitely played Andy Vyman uh, next week. And, and and if you're going for pace, I mean, you could you could. You could play your boa alongside him with Sykesville over the boa would be would be you know it's really a right a right sided a right sided player. Put Taylor Garner Hickman in midfield uh, instead of uh, in, instead of Joe Williams, but keep the same back back four. I think really to break him down, having some pace. I think is uh, is. Uh, uh, you, you, it's, it's, it's something that you definitely need up front in this division. You need to get behind teams and a little bit of physicality. And I think that's the only thing Sam Bell doesn't doesn't offer. You can see him get knocked off the ball very easily when he he's does. got the ball in front of him. He can beat players. Um, well, but well, otherwise, well, Mark, let me pose this question, Mark. Right? You say a bit of physicality, yeah? Because yeah, Sam's, you know, Sam does okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm neither a fan nor a you know, scapegoating him at all. Um, but what about playing Pring in that wide left in front of Roberts for home? Because Pring's got the physicality and get him to get down that line because he could put in a few decent crosses. I mean, I didn't notice anything that Sam Bell did yesterday at all. So you I know. think Sam, I think Sam looked a bit frightened um, in, in all the Leicester defenders who were pretty competent. But it was, I think it was a chance for him to shine. You know, there, you know, there was nothing ventured, nothing gained. He could have tried a few different things and pushed, uh, and pushed uh, his defender out out wide rather than just. You can tell, you know, when a defender, when a when a player's, uh, you know, losing the battle with his defect with his with defenders when they just put their foot on the ball and they're looking looking back to to, to play an easy but an easy pass back rather than trying to mix it. Um, so yeah, there's something to playing Cam there, but I think with Cam and and, uh, and George defensively, they am they haven't been bad. Uh, I think there's there's no I don't think there's any reason to change him. 
Hayden Roberts. There's, a, there's, there's also a possibility of playing Hayden Roberts third at third of forward like he did when he came on uh, uh, in, in a couple well, of games I ago. It, and dare I say it, Ian, I'll come to you on this. Anis Mameti, you know, he's he's left or centre, isn't he? You know, I mean, let's give him a run. He seems to be a little bit out of favour. Comes on as a sub, 88 minutes yesterday. Hardly time to uh, make an impact. But, you know, as I say, this isn't criticism of Sam Bell, but you know, if we, you want to change to, things around a bit, you've got no, a player. We need, we need you can to leave score, the back four intact and put Bell on. Yeah, we no, need to score no, more goals. We need to score more goals at home. That that's that's the thing in a nutshell. And the answer is, and you have to sit down with the coaches and Nigel Pearson and say, right, how do we do it? And it might be you say, well, we might need to take more risks defensively. In other words, play one holding midfield player instead of two. Uh, and then you become a side that might win a game 4-3 uh, as opposed to might win it 1-0. Uh, so it, it's about risk. It's risk and reward. Uh, some yeah. some teams play with two tens, you know, so you could play Vyman and Knight as two tens and then one up, and have one up front. Yeah, so, that would work. Yeah, two so, busy bees, as Lee Johnson used to say. Yeah, so you, you could... Play uh, either yeah Naki or Ari Kornick as your nine, and then play two tens, and you're still playing four three three. But then you think, well, Mark Sykes has probably been been our overall been our one of our most effective forwards. Where do you play him then? Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a it's a case of how do we get the best? I think I'd like to see Sykes start in the game. I'd like to see Yaboa, who, who is a centre forward, not a right winger. Given a proper a proper go, and and as I say, we've got five subs these days. So if the young man's having a, a torrid time of it, you can hook him after thirty minutes. I well, know that's, that's exactly right. Ian. let's start him in a game rather than this impact. You know, let him get into the game. And as you said last yeah. year, Nigel took off Alex Scott after twenty four minutes. You know, so if he can do that, yeah. to Scott. Yeah, it, was no, it was either last year or the year before, and Scotty was playing right. Year before, no, you're right. Year uh, before. But, but, Can I yeah, just I say mean, something? I've just discovered while I've been chatting a newsflash. I, I didn't know what Stoke's uh, transfer dealings were over the summer. I've just looked at soccer base. They signed 18 players, 14 full transfers, and four and on loan. The ones I recognise: Ender Stevens, a free from Sheffield United; Lyndon Gooch from Sunderland. Obviously, our friends, uh, Mr. Daniel Johnson. Um, some from clubs. I mean, they got Ben Pearson. They added on loan last year from from Bournemouth. Uh, he's coming for lots of undisclosed fees. Michael Rose from Coventry on a fee, and of course, the four loans are uh, they got. They got Mark Travers from Bournemouth on loan, an under twenty one from Wolves. Luke McInerney from Burnley, uh, and Haksabanovic from Celtic. But yeah, I don't know where the money's coming from, but that's uh, that's that's well, not a small that's amount their, of business, maybe is that's it? They're very wealthy, the coach family. Well, yeah. you'd have to look at you've got to look at outgoings as well. It depends on yeah. and if they lost players like we are, like we've lost Callas, who cost us eight million quid and we know was on big wages. Um so it, it swings in roundabouts, isn't it? But one thing for sure, our these the, our next set of accounts that come out will still show a reasonably high wage bill because it included... Yeah, you're talking about the accounts to June 23, aren't you? Yeah, because we've rolled the year yes. end over one month. Yeah, so they'll include things like... Um, 
Well, if if the accounts go to June, when did we sell Scotty? July, well, August. Yeah, so Scotty won't be in it, but Antoine will. So when you you look at the wage bill, the wage bill will be an inflated one as opposed to what you'll see in 23-24 when we finally, that'll be when we sold Alex Scott and the clear out takes full effect. Because you yeah. won't and you won't physically see those until probably because bearing in mind on the old financial year end of may we used to see stuff at the end of november then it slipped into yeah. december you won't see that until january 2025 right which is a hell of a lot can happen there let's 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 let's, let's move yeah. on to a couple of other things uh ian i'll stick with you Ian. Uh, obviously i'll come to you on it as well mark the um the restructure you know there was some missive came from the uh club's communication department that the chief executive isn't going to be replaced and the current finance uh, director is going to take on more of a COO role. Um, What do we read into that? You know, that's freed up some cash, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, has it? Well, you don't know what they've had to pay the other guy who's going to become the chief operating officer. Now, the reason that normally happens, and I'm not claiming any inside knowledge, you'll notice the other guy is a chief operating officer, COO, as opposed to CEO, which would suggest to me that Phil Alexander has been, or the position of CEO has been made redundant. Yeah. And that's how they've been able to to move Phil Alexander out um, by saying, well, you're redundant and, and here's six months, a year, whatever his contract said, compensation, uh, please sign this um, compromise agreement. Uh, You're going and you get this big handful of money. We're not allowed to slag you off. You're not allowed to slag us off. Uh, And that's the way it goes. So the new guy can't be a CEO because the position's been made redundant. Uh, I'm, I'm saying this is what I've seen happen in companies. Right. I'm not saying this is what's happened at City, but the other guy is a COO and it makes no difference at all. But the background of the board and the the chief operating officer is FD. They're all finance guys. They're normally one. What our American friends unkindly call bean counters. Mm. And what it normally means is there will be an ongoing focus on cost control or cost reduction so i would think that the club uh we we know that steve's open to offers for it he said he's not he's not desperate he doesn't have to sell it but he's open to offers and at the moment i can't see any offers um coming in because it is rumored that um the 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 ex-ceo um has uh phil had contacts in the United States and may have been able to sell Bristol Sport as a franchise. Um, but I don't think anything's been forthcoming on that. And when you look at where the club is in terms of its accounts, uh, in terms of the debt to Steve, um, I can understand why. I can't understand why anybody would want to buy it. If they did want to buy it, they'd want to buy the infrastructure because they've got to buy in we, we then they got then they've got an asset it's got a bit it's lock stock and barrel it's not just Bristol yeah. city it's lock stock and barrel you're not going to get somebody put in and give uh 
and get a third of the shares or even 40% of the shares because that is a minority interest and Lansdowne will call all the shots. I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Mark? I mean, do you think it's sort of, do you, do you think it's a fudge saying we're not replacing chief executive because it makes the embarrassment of having a person recommended by somebody of high esteem, i.e. Richard Scudamore, it alleviates the embarrassment of, uh, you know, just holding hands up saying didn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah, it seems a bit political. If they're going back to somebody who's already been inside the club, it, it shows that, you know, what they've done before. They got they, they want somebody who's known to them. They want to play it safe. But it says a lot about the future transfer transfer strategy that any uh, transfer uh, transfer spending will be dictated by trade and not any any new any any uh, input influx from from Steve Lansdowne we're going to have to we're going to have to but we're going to have to sell to buy basically yeah. but, um, well, me, but I, I think it's if, it's it's a very it's a very safe thing I mean going back to what Ian said Alexander would have I mean like you do in 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 in, uh, uh, in business he would have had to sign an NDA somewhere along the line we won't say anything about Bristol City uh, for fear of being sued so. But it's just a very political move, and I think it, it just tells fans really that moving forward, it, the, the, the club's tightening its belt uh, in terms of uh, what Steve Lansdowne prepared to spend. They're now really they're cut they're cutting back, not having a CEO. It is a it is a it is a a money saving exercise in a way. But like we, Ian said, we won't see that maybe for twelve months because the new the COO will get an uplift. And of course, uh, Phil Alexander will have the remainder of his contract paid up. There will be a payoff. Yeah, that's the compromise for him leaving the club. uh, In terms of of, in terms of an amicable an amicable uh, uh, agreement, which you know it's it's a bit of BS, really, isn't it? Um, It is. But yeah, it tells you it tells the fans a lot about the way that the club's moving forward. Just don't expect much in January. Don't have any 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 any. Uh, there's not going to be much ex- excitement. Uh, don't expect players to come through the door. It's going to be very difficult. Twelve months or so. It's going to be dictated by results on the pitch. City's yeah. biggest issue isn't finance. It's not form. It's injuries that no, we've got problems absolutely with. Absolutely right, Mark. Well, our, 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 any continuity and, and any opportunity to move forward is just completely ruined by the continuous number of long-term injuries we've got. And that's our biggest enemy. Because the sun come yeah. back. Another well, one it's always key players. With, yeah, stick with you on this point, Mark. I'm going to ask Ian the same thing. I mean, we saw it. You know, the logo was on the back of the South Stand, and we saw it take that to come into Ashton Gate in concert next summer. I yeah. was offered a when ticket, inter- and I said, "I said no." When they inter- <laughs> funny enough, when they interviewed people on, I think it was Points West or the other one, you know, like take that. Uh, didn't seem to be too many people excited about going because it's only four years ago that they were here, if I recall correctly. But back in the day, and I think I'm sure I read somewhere that well, not back in the day this week that that's one of four concerts that are going to take place at Ashton Gate. But back in the day, that money from those concerts, and I don't know how much we make. That would have gone into the club's coffers. So, you know, that well, it is going it is going into club coffers, but I think we're more concerned. It's going into Bristol Sport. It won't go yeah. city won't benefit. If 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 we made two million quid, if if yeah. Bristol Sport made or the ground made two million quid on concerts next year, if they have four of them, yeah. All right, that seems a reasonable number. They may, that's not that's not for us. 
That's Bristol, that's Bristol Sport. And whichever way you look at it, we are tenants in a ground now that is not owned by the club. Yeah, and that, that complicates um, uh, the um, desire of any any new investor or buyer to buy the club because it's like a cat's cradle of companies, isn't it, at the end of the day? What are they going to get for their money? And I mean, if it was if it was I mean, if it was a Saudi bidder, not saying it's going to be or an American bidder, they want everything, wouldn't they? They wouldn't well, that, want, wouldn't the want a chunk of it. It's no, a waste they, of time. So in that, in, in yeah, that... Well, yeah, same, same, same to you. You know what? You know, this is, you know, we're tenants in a ground that we once owned and we're not going to get the benefit of something that we should get. You know, and you could say that if it's two million, then based on attendances, maybe we should get three quarters of it and the well we should get two thirds of it and then the rugby and the women's football share it don't work like that it's not great is it ian well the the issue the issue is if you were steve lansdowne you'd want some security over all the money that you pumped into the club and the only way that you get that is what you've you've got bristol sport don't forget bristol sport also pay all the bills for ashton gate they pay all the money for all the staff for all the concerts. So they they pay all the bills. We pay a, a set fee for playing a game. And we'll say that fees, I don't know, 20 grand a game. Call it that. So that's your fee. So Bristol City Football Club know their costs. Now, Bristol City will get um, the, the money generated by football. And the rugby club probably get the money generated by um rugby but they've all they're also they also lose money and that money has to be subsidized because you can't go on as a club as anything as any business losing money without someone either lending you the money so that's either your bank as an overdraft uh or a, a, we'll call it an owner a benefactor so at the moment what you've got to remember the last few years, every year, Steve Lands pumped in something like 15, 16 million quid. Yeah, yeah. Right? Now, yeah. both ways. You can't say, well, yeah, we want to keep all the money for the ground. We want to keep all this. But, hey, Steve, you keep pumping the money in. Because at the moment, well, the last set of accounts, we don't know what's in this one exactly, but the last set of accounts, 100 million pounds worth of debt to, to more, more, more or less all of it, about 95%. There was an overdraft as well uh, to Steve Lansdowne. And, and then you've got the money that Steve's obviously paid. He borrowed it initially for the stadium. There was a mortgage. He paid that off. So the, the club has got that debt. And it's both teams, the rugby team as well, have been losing money. Now, it'd be interesting to see the next set of accounts that come out, how much we've lost, or indeed by selling Antoine, whether we broke even, um, but it, I'm, I'm guessing it would be a small loss. When I say small, small in comparison to the last two years when we lost almost 70 million yeah, quid yeah. over the two years. So, you know, you can't have it both ways. And and I think anyone buying it would want all the infrastructure. So it would probably be that they they bought, I'll call it a, the franchise of Bristol Sport, but they buy Bristol Sport and not, not one of the the teams. Yeah, no, I think we said that right. Almost time to wrap up. Mark uh, Pearson adored by uh, 
the Leicester fans. Yeah, um, it was telling in the interview that he did after the game yesterday. Um, you know, he said Bristol City are a big part of my life now. Yeah, it would be it would send out the right signal. I'm not saying now, but you know, at the turn of the year. Yeah, when maybe some of our players are, are, are back. Uh, I gather uh, from a, a, a good source that Eamon is going to be back on the grass in a couple of weeks' time. So that's good news. A player that, you know, has been out long-term is um, on the road to recovery again. we got to give Pearson a contract. No, not, not, Steve Lansdowne would deflect a lot of the flack away from himself if... I say Christmas time, if we're in the top up, if we are where we are now, give him a new two-year contract. I don't think Nigel would be too fussed. It's only two years. Somebody said I was a bit mean saying, oh, let's give him a rolling 12-month contract. But we got Pearson deserves recognition. And I think he is committed. He's saying there's a job to do here. Pearson for the long term, Mark. What do you think? Well, I think they've got to make a decision. Um by by Christmas, because there's there's you know a lot of uns of uncertainty. It, it would be it would be crazy otherwise. You know if he didn't if they didn't have an A in place, uh, you know limping on to the end of the season, knowing that his contract's running out. I mean he, the results have been improved slightly. He hasn't got a, a fantastic win rate, um, but I think his. Uh, some of his some of his transfers maybe at the beginning were were, were questionable with the Danny Simpsons. I think we got a little bit of an identity now, but like I said, where Pearson's concerned, it's like pushing water up a hill because it's no sooner we've gone two steps forward, we go another step back with injuries, and that's the biggest enemy we got. That's stopping progress. That's not helping him. But we need some decision on his future soon, because somebody else, if somebody else comes in. They're going to inherit exactly the same problems: the 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 injury issues, financial financial issues, player contracts coming to an end. All of these things are going to be inherited by by a successor, whoever that may be, if it happens. So there's, you know, it, it's a it's a little bit of a worry. I think the other thing, Matty James's contract is uh, is coming up for. That's another thing that's been talked about this week. That's another elephant in the room. It's always issues with contracts, but with the manager. They've got to sort that out soon. Fans mm -hmm. will be worried. Um, yeah. I mean, he's not the messiah uh, in terms of in terms of man, being a, being a manager, but he's the best that we got. We're making some progress slowly. You've got to do something soon, otherwise, we, yeah. you know, it's, it'll be a mess. Are you, are you in that? Are you in that school of thought, Ian? I'm not saying I'm not saying doing it now because you know it's that six these six games between the two international breaks. I said three wins. One draw, two defeats, two defeats being what happened yesterday and probably at Leeds. So we're looking now at winning the next two games. That would put us on, what, 18 points after uh, 11, I think, or after the Leeds game, assuming we lost that. But Pearson done enough in your book? You know, Mark and I seem to think he has done. No. I See, see his results at Christmas. And right, if we're where we are now, if we're in that... Well, if you're anti, Dave... You know, um, see his results at Christmas. The last three seasons, we've won 15 games a season. I don't really... So all, all what he's achieved is that we've lost less and drawn more. That's that's what he's achieved. Now, as Mark says, win rate's not great. His win rate's awful. 
And most managers with that win rate, with that points rate, and with where we finished, what may have may well have been sacked. I mean, managers with better records have been sacked in the championship, let's be honest. So I would take a, a good look at it at Christmas. And if you're saying if we are where we are now, what's our position this morning? What we tenth, eighth? Probably eighth. Four games to play, right? We're yeah, top. Yeah, we're, we're, top we're eighth. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, would, I would. I would say if we're eighth at Christmas, I like the. I like the idea of a rolling one-year contract, um, as opposed to saying, "Well, it's two years or it's three years or anything like that." I like the idea of a rolling one-year contract. That way, if it all if it goes Pete Tong, he can leave. If Nigel wants to go and do something else, he can go. Um, and and I don't I don't think what well, sort I don't think he's done a great job here. I think he's done it in different difficult circumstances. But lots of managers in the championship inherit difficult circumstances, and a lot of managers have done better with less. All right. So I'm, I'm, okay. and other clubs. I'm told, well, other other clubs get injuries. I mean, I know for a fact Luton had loads of injuries this season, not last season, but the season they got to the playoffs before. They had loads of injuries. So it's not just that. So so Les Condang, he doesn't seem exercised about it. Um, I don't think we should be exercised about it. And let's have a look where we are at Christmas, because let's say we're not eighth. Let's say we're 16th. Then what? No, it's a good point. It is well, it's possible. It's possible. Knowing the injuries we get, and you've got the yeah. other problem you've got, you've got somebody like, you've got players like Cal Naismith and Matt James, as good as they are, they are injury prone. Yeah. Uh, especially Cal Naismith. You know, you worry that they're good. The next injury they pick up, they'll be out for 10 games. I mean, Cal missed about 25 games last season. Yeah. Matty missed a few as well. You take those players out and it'll be a calamity. That's the problem you've got with a small squad. One of the things that is forced Pearson to do, and it has all been down to injuries, is he's played a lot of young, played a lot of young players, but a lot, a lot of times out of necessity. Some of those players have done quite well. Some have disappeared a bit, like Omar Taylor Clark. I think he's been injured. He's out out the picture now. Uh, Idahun came in, I think, for a couple of games a couple of seasons ago. Never really kicked on from there. But some of the players, like you know, Sam Bell came in, and Tommy Conway was been a has been a revelation. So that's some of the that that's the good side of it. But that's really because we've got such a small squad, and with those injuries, it, it's complete necessity. But uh, that's a good thing if we want to bring lone players in. Play, other teams will look at Bristol City and say, look, they blood lots of young players and they look after them. That's that's one of the good things going forward. So, uh, yeah, but you know, Pearson doesn't. But, we, we, but we're really, Pearson but we're himself, really, Mark. but because we've got such a small squad and our transfer policy is one with belt tightening, we're reliant on the academy. We are really reliant on the academy yeah. for numbers right now. Yeah, no, cho- no choice. No, interesting. All right, all right, chaps. Everybody uh, who's been listening, um, I say I think we had a few sound problems for the first half of this broadcast. Which, uh, well, if you're on Robbie's TV yesterday, David, you wouldn't have had a picture. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I know. If, if, if uh, well, yeah, it's, it's unusual for us to have uh, sound problems. We did used to have because we were renowned for having sound problems and crap opinions. But uh, now it's just crap opinions. But a few sound problems today. Um, you're not with us uh, next weekend, uh, Mark. But Ian and I will be back with a review of uh, Stoke City uh, at uh, home, which we sincerely hope would be uh, a win. Um, but uh, thanks to everybody who's uh, listened to the last two episodes. Uh, I think we got a regular hardcore audience of a thousand because the uh, the West Brom game and the Plymouth game sort of bang on a thousand downloads from each. So that's uh, a small proportion of the total well, it's always base. Nice. But we're grateful. It's for that. nice to it's nice to know someone's listening. It is nice to know someone's uh, listening, indeed. So everybody, for now, I'll say cheerio. The reason why the opening music is Roger Whittaker's The Whistling Song, or The Mexican Whistler, I think, to be precise, is because he he passed away this week at the age of 87. I was going to put that as my music for the uh, for Plymouth game. Well, let's hope, with, um, let's hope this, uh, it's, it's not the last farewell for any players then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can true. remember. I can remember. I can remember Roger's musings when uh, my dad used to play. I suppose it was like the same in a lot of households. Sunday mornings, the yeah. uh, the stereogram. God, I'm losing. I'm. Well, I'm just completely yeah. lost the audience. Well, Roger, Roger away. Well, you, you Durham, Durham, that, Durham, Durham, Durham Town. I, last can, well, I can remember once. Oh my God! Driving down the A1, driving down the A1M, and he'd been in concert up in you. And I was driving down from Newcastle. And I'm sure it was him. Driving in a Range Rover on my tail, pretty much. Was he leaving? Was he leaving old Durham Town? I don't know about <laughs> that. Ian, any any Roger Whittaker memories at all? <laughs> well, my mum and dad went to see him in concert. I think he was. I think he was yeah. born in Zimbabwe, didn't he? But he, he was. was indeed, he was like a yeah. staple of the UK charts in the early seventies. Very, very much of the um, Saturday Night Val Dunican entertainment you variety, wasn't he? You got yeah. it. Absolutely. I've lost the audience again. Well, when we only when we only had. Two or three television channels. Yeah, I remember when when we only had two? That was ITV and BBC. Uh, then BBC Two came along, but he was always like you say he was always on the Valdunican show when he whist whistling and singing songs and all the rest of it. So yeah, good. Well, he had a he had a good knock by the sound of it. Yeah, eighty seven. Easy, easy. One of easy listening's champions, I think. Really. There oh, we yeah. go. There we go. Our own, our own uh, tribute to uh, Roger Whittaker. Roger, I think we, we've lost everybody now. Everybody's the gone. Tail end of this the tail end of this episode. They want to talk about Morgan Whitaker, don't they? Rather than so Roger like Thanks for listening. I'd be interested to know. You see, we don't know these things. Uh, whilst we get a thousand downloads, I also noticed there's this visual version of it, right? This visual version last week. At about 600 views. Now, I don't know whether people take one look at us on vision and then switch, or whether they watch for one Speak minute. Speak for yourself. Whether they watch for one minute and then think, oh, let's listen to this on my iPlayer or something like that, or whether they sit down and look at us. For, I, I, uh, that, that's some um, top you've got. Is that the um, is that the old uh, top or the new goalkeeper top, uh, Ian, you've got on? Is that the Hummel one or the O'Neill's one? It's, it's, no, it's not. Uh, it's uh, what well, it's the leisure wear range, Mark. There oh, right. Because the, le- the commentary, I think the Lest- I had the Leicester commentary on yesterday uh, when I was watching it and they were amusing about Max's his goalkeeper's shirt being like a work of art, you know, paint splashes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well there was a comment about the press conference that was written by a third party. It might be in a Leicester fan or something saying Nigel looked like some he was sat in front of a 
display at a bat that looked like some kid had had a bad afternoon with his crayon and pencils. We all know who that might be. Let's not say that anymore. Everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, uh, we, we'll be uh, back with you all uh, next weekend after the show game. Thanks a lot, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Take care. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are bubba-bubbing along. When the red, red robin comes bubba-bubbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.